So anyway, what are you saying? I'm the man, Whitey, and you guys are the victims yeah, of true. a tyrannical, yes, yes, racist, yes, yes. oppressive yes, yes. society. Yes, that's right. Yes. That's, that's right. Yes. Man, that sucks. I'm gonna talk to some people and straighten this out, man. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 I'm gonna yeah. go get it. Yeah. All right, welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host Justin Pennick. Uh coming to you a little ticked off, to be honest. Um and I guess we can get into that in a second. Uh, but we have an interview with Zach Rosenblatt. We were supposed to have another interview paired with this. But we don't. Let's let's get that in a second. Uh, so, Justin, we were told to say something about what's going on right now in the country. You know, not just ignore it. Um, the thing is with me is if I'm going to talk about it, we're going to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be 45. We're, we're going to spend some time on it. Um, so I'm hoping to figure out a platform to do that on eventually. Um, there's some business and discussions, but yeah, I mean, what's going on right now sucks. I mean, as we're recording, riots are still going on, protests are still going on. It's nuts. Um, you know, like I said, we're this is talking giants. We're not going to deep dive into it, but it sucks. Yeah, uh, we the whole goal is that we don't want to be, you know, tone deaf. We want to acknowledge kind of like what's going on. And that's that's it. That's that's simply what we want to do. We want to stick to our mission statement, though. We want to talk giants with all of you. Uh, we want to continue to build a community. Uh, we want to be a distraction for you, but also acknowledge that you know, uh, at least myself, I'm only I only can speak for myself. I have because of my identity, you know, I have the advantage to turn everything off and turn the world off for for an hour or, or a little bit less. And talk sports and talk giants. I have that advantage because of my identity. And I, and I know some people don't. So uh, hang out with us. Yeah, it kind of does suck, Bobby. We had two really good interviews. One of them you're going to hear. The other one you're unfortunately not going to hear. Um, so we're, we we're both kind Boone of been sour. Oh, wow. You just came out and said it. Say it we again. And Anthony Boone on, who has was been Daniel Jones' trainer, part of QB Country, you know, former Duke QB. Been, I've been working on getting this interview. I've been trying so hard. And he couldn't use our recording device. He didn't have Skype. So we used Zoom, which a lot of people use, man. And it just destroyed the audio. Zoom destroyed the audio. I hope we never have an ad for Zoom because they just totally screwed us. I hate Zoom. We used Zoom one time and it was bad. And then we used it again for this out of must. And it literally just destroyed the audio. This was an awesome interview. We talked about Daniel Jones's, you know, development, what the things they're working on. I wish I could give it to you, but go support Anthony Boone. He did give us a time out of his day, and it's going to suck that he's going to see that we didn't put up anything with him, you know? So it sucks, but I will say the interview with Zach Rosenblatt was good. Um, Zach's new to the Giants beat. He's part of NJ.com, and I know people kind of cringe when they hear the word, you know, the phrase NJ.com because there's guys like Matt Lombardo. But I really like Zach Rosenblatt, Zach's uh, work. I think he's been really good on the um, – the the Andre Baker front. He's just I think he's been good. You know, he's not gonna do clickbaity stuff. I think he does good work. Um and I think Giants fans will give him a chance. He gives me Duggan vibes. He does. So I mean, Justin, I know you uh, you enjoyed it too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh he even gave us some some pretty cool insight as to when the season could be possibly 
be coming back as well. He's actually been one that's been kind of that's been kind of skeptical about about it, whether it's on Twitter and online. Um, so he gave us some good insight as to that as well. And also, he's just a genuinely funny dude. He has some funny tweets. So not only follow him for good giant stuff, but he he he, he gives some good humor every once in a while, and he's made me laugh a couple times. Yeah, you're 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 corny though, so you like his corny jokes. But I I like Zach. He's a good uh, he's a good follow. Make sure follow him, support him. Uh, I thought I thought it was good. So I'm sorry we don't have the Anthony Boone interview. Justin knows I have been trying to get this interview for a while now. Um, look, was been looking forward to it, and it just totally got screwed. Um, so Zoom, you suck. I'm Team Skype for the rest of my life. Skype is, you know what? Skype may not have the greatest audio, but it's never let me down in my entire life. We did Skype with Zach Rosenblatt, um, and I will never use Zoom again. If someone says like the only way I can do an interview is Zoom, it will, I won't do the interview. I will never ever use Zoom again. Zoom sucks. You'll just get in that truck. You'll take Lucy. Come on, we're going on a trip. And hey, we're we're driving to wherever the hell you are. To do I'd this rather do that than use Zoom. Zoom Zoom sucks. One star Zoom. Go one star Zoom. In fact, I downloaded the app because it won't even work on my computer. Zoom, you suck. All right. Let's send it to the interview with Zach Rosenblatt of NJ.com. All right, we welcome on to the program for the first time. He's a writer for NJ.com. He's covering the Giants on the beat. This is actually will be his first full-time year with the Giants. Zach Rosenblatt, what's going on, Zach? Not much. How you guys doing? Good. Holding up. You know, it's been a it's been a wild week, you know, and quarantine hasn't made it much easier. But how how, how are you holding up with quarantine and, you know, obviously a, a, a crazy past week, but these last two months, how, how are you holding up working from home and all that? Yeah, you know, it's well, you know, from my perspective, you just mentioned how I'm just starting on the Giants. So I, I still, as of right now, I'm still living in South Jersey. I had planned to move up north, but it's kind of been made difficult by this quarantine. So I'm kind of like in between places right now. I'm staying with family until I can even just, I, I don't really feel comfortable just yet going in and out of like random apartments. So I haven't really had a chance to move up north yet. So I'm still in the process of doing that. So that part of it's a bit impactful. But, you know, obviously it's a, it's a crazy time, but I'm, I'm at least able to spend it with some family. So it's not all bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Zach, thank you. First of all, thank you for joining. Now, I want to read two of my favorite tweets of yours because <laughs> you have you have made me laugh. Justin, uh, Justin sucks up, but we like it. We like him for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a nerd, but two two of my favorite tweets of yours uh, of the and this is within the last couple like couple days. It was pretty rude of those astronauts to not take any of us with them. I I really got a kick out of that. And then this is my all-time favorite of yours. There's never been a worse time to actually be named Karen. <laughs> so so go follow Zach Rosenblatt on Twitter um, because uh, he he's he not only provides the awesome Giants coverage, he's also going to make you laugh and he's going to give you he's going to give you some comedic relief every once in a while. So I'm going to ask this question to kind of I know you can't fully answer because like you even said you're still living in South Jersey, you haven't even immersed yourself in the great life that is Northern Jersey and like it is up here in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So. I kind of want to ask you what your transition has been like from the Eagles to the Giants. You're, you're brand new on the beat for the Giants. So how has that transition been virtually? Have you been welcomed into the, the community of beat reporters? Tell us how that's going. I will say, you know, unique, kind of unique. So last year we had a reporter named Ryan Dunleavy, who you guys I'm sure are aware of. He, he left for the New York Post like during the season. And then we had another reporter who kind of was filling in for him who uh, went on leave because he had a kid. So then I went. So for like two weeks, I moved over to the Giants. So I was I covered like the Bears game and I believe one more game. 
Um, so I basically was able to immerse myself a little bit in the giant stuff for a couple weeks. I was I did a story on Dave Gettleman in that stretch and uh, where I like went to his high school and and uh, talked to people. The high school he, he was a driver's ed teacher at and talked to people like that. So I was able to like get to know the beat writers and how everything everything operates over there. And it's a really nice beat writing group. Um, it's it's a lot different than Philly, it's, I would say. Um, but uh, you know, the, so the transition to now it's been a lot easier just because I knew the PR staff pretty well. I knew everybody on the on the beat. Uh, I've I've I mean Joe Judge is obviously a new coach, but there's been players that I've had a chance to talk to a little a little bit. So it, it wasn't as difficult as maybe someone who would have started during the quarantine that didn't have already have that kind of background. So that that at least has helped me. Okay, so you mentioned Joe Judge and. Uh, you know, he's obviously new and, uh, you know, haven't got to get much FaceTime with him because of obviously the virtual stuff. What's something about Judge that is like, answer this, you know, like, because obviously there was probably a little more was made out of him not naming players and now he's naming them all. But what do you, what is, what is like a quirk you've noticed about Joe Judge so far? That's a good question. You know, the, the thing you mentioned about how he like wasn't naming Daniel Jones and like he was doing the whole thing where he wouldn't name players. Like at first I was really critical of that. And then he, I think he kind of realized what he was doing because he's the last couple of times we've talked to him, he's just been really insightful. Uh, but one, one thing I'll say that kind of caught me off guard because when you have a, like a Belichick uh, disciple come in, you kind of expect them to have no personality and, you know, just to, you know, say that not answer anything like he kind of started out doing. But I've noticed every time we talk to him, he does kind of have some like dad joke humor, which I kind of appreciate. He makes like some corny jokes, and um, it, he he doesn't take it all like he takes it seriously clearly. But it is nice, it is refreshing when you have a coach who's willing to make fun of himself and uh, and you know he he talks to us like people. He treats us all with respect. So I, I have enjoyed. It's still very early, and I'm sure we'll all be very critical of him in short order. But um, I, I I think he's he's grown on me for sure in terms of his approach to the media. Yeah, it's always it's one of those things where you know. The press conference, you know, the first offseason, the head coach, you love everything about him. And then as it goes on, if, you know, if he loses, it'll, it'll grow old. You know, with, with Shermer, I went back and watched his presser when Joe Judge was hired. And Shermer was cracking jokes. And I remember everyone <laughs> talking about how, you know, personable this guy was. Oh, yeah. And then towards the end, it was people couldn't stand that about him. So now well, you are coming I mean, up. Shoot, not, not, to, not you cut you off, but I covered the Eagles. And I, I came in right after they won the Super Bowl. And that first season after, within a couple of weeks, people were already calling for Doug's head. So um, <laughs> I, I kind of I know what it's like to, for people to change their mind pretty quickly with coaches. So. And I'm, I actually <laughs> want to ask you a question about that a little bit later. But are you ready, because you have the Philly history, for any time you say something negative for Giants <laughs> fans to bring that up and throw it in your face? Oh, it's it's already happened <laughs> immediately. Um <laughs> You know, there. I mean, there would even be times where I would occasionally like we don't we don't have comments on our stories anymore. But when we when we did, um, and if I would have a story that would appear on the Giants page, like all the comments would be like, "Go back to Philadelphia." Your opinions. I've got I've gotten some funny emails where you know, I think I criticized Gettleman for the Odell Beckham trade, like everybody did. Um, and so I got some angry emails, just like because I'm from Philadelphia, everybody just saying <laughs> a lot of nuts, and I, I find it funny personally. But people saying some nuts and nice things to me, so I. I I'm 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 well prepared for that. Philadelphia fans are not the nicest either in terms of like if you criticize something or they don't agree with your opinion. But I, I'm I'm fully prepared and excited for New York fans holding me accountable in that way. I'm certainly glad the comments section of NJ.com was turned off because I just have a feel. Whenever I'm bored on a rainy day, what I'll do sometimes on Facebook is I'll just go in the comments section of any post on <laughs> NJ.com and I'll just have a ball with all the reactions that you get from there. But let's let's get into some Giants football here. 
Um, you recently talked with Chris Sims about Daniel Jones while he was reflecting on his 2019 season. He spoke glowingly about Jones, but I want to know from you, which point do you think Sims said with the most conviction and which aspect of what he said did you find to be the most significant? Um, I think the thing he said, the thing that I found most interesting, I should say, is the way, you know, he, he, he obviously, everybody immediately goes to the turnovers and the fumbles in particular when it comes to Jones in terms of like the negative and just the, the way, like how convinced he was that that's not going to be an issue and that he didn't even see it as big as of big of an issue last year as it, a lot of people did. I, I thought that I found that very interesting, especially when you like factor that in with how he was pretty, he pretty much said everything positive about him from there. You know, he said if, at one point he was like, if there was one negative thing, I wish he would use his athleticism more because he thinks he's, his athleticism is really impressive, but ju- just the, his confidence level in, Daniel Jones becoming like a star uh, really opened my eyes. You know, I, I've I, you talk to people around the league; they're it's definitely mixed on Daniel Jones. There are a lot of people who think he's going to be very good. There are some who are questioning it. I don't think anybody questions his potential. But um, talking to Chris Sims, who you know he does his quarterback rankings every year, he hasn't gotten to Daniel yet. I'm sure he's going to be higher than most people would have him. Um, I mean, I, a lot of it has to do with how the Giants surround Daniel Jones, I think. And that was kind of his main point. Like they, the receivers, uh, you know, as you guys are well aware, you know, they were either banged up or suspended or unproductive last year besides Slayton. And the Golden Tate was productive when he was healthy. Um, Evan Ingram's always hurt. Their offensive line was not good last year. So it, it comes down to all the, all those factors being better, I think, for Daniel Jones to take the next step, which I'm sure you guys have talked about quite a bit on here. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I kind of cut my teeth going through Daniel Jones' college stuff last year. Now, you mentioned, you know, the surrounding things with with Jones, and you can't control the injuries. But what they can't control right now is how they use this offensive line, and there's there's definitely, you know, a huge question mark at center. But a heated debate and something, you know, you've talked with, like, Jim Nagy about. I've been big on the start Andrew Thomas at left tackle day one. One, because that's where he's going to play eventually. And then, two, Nate Solder had the worst production in the league last year at the spot. What do you see happening? I know it's you know it's a different type of offseason, but do you think they're going to you know roll with Thomas from day one? Absolutely. I I mean I I, I, I certainly think they should. Um, I think they will. You know, Judge is always going to do the whole thing where he's like everybody's competing at every spot, blah blah blah. But you know, if this guy is your left tackle of the future, make him learn different things. Going to the right right tackle is a very different position than left tackle. And if you're only going to keep him there for a year before you get rid of Solder anyway in a year from now, which I think they will unless he has a, you know, a redemptive year this year. I just, I just don't see a scenario where it makes any sense to play him anywhere other than left tackle. Um, and he should start on day one, as long, assuming he's like ready to play and you know, appreciably better than their other options at left tackle. And then Nate Solder is going to have to compete for the right tackle job. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if the guys on the right side are, I have, I have utmost confidence in being upgrades over what they had last year in Remmers, but uh, I think Andrew Thomas should be better than Nate Solder was last year, which isn't very hard. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, a Nate Solder bounce back, which I would, you know, I would love to see it, but I've been on there like, Hey, if he's going to bounce back, let's let him do it at right tackle. And let's yeah. all, let's let our left tackle be a left tackle, you know? And, like and like you said, like he can't really be worse than what Solder was last year. And Jones, you know, had his struggles, and one of those was fumbles. Uh, but you know, so like it it can't be worse than what Solder was last year. And I agree with you that you know I thought Remmers got a little more heat than he deserved. I thought I thought Remmers was a pretty good for what he was expected to be. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens on that right side, um, in the center spot. Um, now moving on with 
DeAndre Baker. So, you know, <laughs> we we dove into this. We were kind of having a little fun with it and doing our, you know, hard knocks takes. And But you were, you know, get, putting out some really good information and talking to lawyers or people that study law and stuff. I mean, one, what's your overall thoughts on the DeAndre Baker case? And I mean, what can you see happening next? Obviously, I'm not going to expect you to, you know, predict guilty or not guilty. But, like, what do you think is the next step for him and the Giants? You know, it's it's one of the crazier things I've covered just from all the information coming out and then the misinformation coming out and then the, the attorneys battling each other through the media and through social media and just the statements that have been made. And it's, it's, it's wild. Um, ultimately, you know, I think the giants are going to wait out, wait this out, see what happens with it. Um, the NFL is going to have to make a decision. They, I mean, I'm sure he'll go on the commissioner's exempt list if it, if the case isn't resolved in a timely manner. The, the, his attorneys, for what it's worth, seem to think that it's going to be thrown out. Uh, I'm not so sure, but the, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't really predict those sort of things. But um, I, I still, I don't know, I, there's still a part of me that wonders if he's still going to be on the Giants this next year, especially when you have such a new coaching staff that isn't really as, you know, they didn't draft him last year, so they're not as tied to him. And he's so he's he's starting off his time with his new coaching staff on a very, you know, bad point. Whether or not what he allegedly did was accurate or not, he still put himself in position to get in trouble, uh, which is something that I'm sure Joe Judge is thinking about. I'm sure he, uh, they're going to talk about this internally. Um, if, I, if I'm predicting, I, at the very least, I think he receives a, a decent suspension, and and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was ultimately cut. Yeah, you know, I, I I've been big on the you know give him a second you know chance yeah. because he's talent you know and you know say it doesn't even work out this year you see nfl teams they will always give a first round rounder another chance you know so even if you trade him um but i will say the fact that they haven't allowed him in the virtual you know otas has been a little alarming i, I you know um you know someone i think it was duggan made a good point that like hey it's they're just delaying making a decision but like the whole he needs to focus on his legal stuff like there's nothing he needs to focus on really now besides you know, staying out of trouble and playing football. So it's not like it's not like he's missing OTAs to study law. You know, that's all on his lawyers. So I will say that is one point that makes me wonder if he'll be a part of the team next year. Yeah, and and you know, maybe if if he does, if he's exonerated completely and whatever, he only gets a suspension. You know, maybe this is a wake up call for him because obviously there's a lot of stuff out there about his immaturity and his you know tendency to you know fall asleep in meetings and and all this stuff. Um, and I know it's just social media, but you're, I'm sure you follow him on Instagram. He's posting stuff almost every day of him working it out pretty intensely, which is a positive at the very least. So if if this helps him screw his head on straight and it turns out that he is not guilty of all these crimes he's accused of, then you can feel good about it. But these are pretty serious crimes to be accused of in the first place. So it, it's going to be something that the Giants are seriously going to have to weigh. And, and I, I, I'm kind of curious like how big of a part Dave Gettleman will play in the decision because this reflects on him, obviously. Yeah, and obviously he doesn't want to give up on a guy he just drafted last year and traded up. I think what you said is really going to be the determining factor. If, you know, this is just my opinion: is do they believe it was a wake up call for him or not? And if they don't, they'll get rid of him. If they do, they'll give him another chance. Justin. Yeah, but also, kind of, we we were kind of making fun of the NJ dot com comments section before in Twitter, <laughs> and you can argue that you know I'm sure you've seen a lot of your Twitter replies you know, automatically jumping to conclusions and you know jumping yeah. to presumptions about hey. You know, uh, you think that you're in the building. <laughs> there have been people that have been making presumptions about Baker, especially of him, like, 
on the team like they are in the building. And the team is going to be the ones, uh, they're going to be the guys at the end of the day. They're going to make a decision on his character. Uh, not really, unfortunately, it's not really going to be us, even though, you know, we would, we would love to be making those decisions. So we're not in the building, but um, I kind of want to move to, uh, you know, whole COVID and the whole transitioning back to, facilities and as states are starting to reopen. So while fans are under the impression that teams will quickly quickly return to in-person and on-campus activities relatively soon, online and in your articles, you've been a little skeptical to fully embrace a full on comeback for teams to come back together, like in person. So tell us what you have maybe been hearing or what you are thinking in regards to when teams may be able, able to resume in-person activities or are you just like not sure and then that's kind of like the state of where we are right now, we're just like totally not sure. I think ultimately it comes down to that part. I think a lot of this is, you know, I saw the Eagles, I saw a report that the Eagles might be coming back. They might start bringing players back fairly, not players, like they're going to bring like 50 to 60 staff members or something back within a couple weeks is their plan. Um, I just, I just don't, the thing that I, I don't, I mean, I get everybody wants like the optimism of a season starting in time and all that stuff, but I don't get the point of, making a date until you get to that. I think they need a, like uh, Anthony Fauci uh, has said, like it's, it's the, the virus is the thing that decides uh, when, when it's going away. It's not the people. So I, I just, I just don't, until there's, they figure out all these things, you know, you have all the, you know, there's so many players on the giants that are in California, they're in Arizona, they're all over the country right. in Florida. Um, they all need to travel there. And then in theory, they probably are going to have to either quarantine or not see anybody for two weeks when they arrive. Uh, and then, as, so what happens uh, when they get to the mini camp in theory and, you know, somebody in the quarterback room gets the coronavirus? Like, is everybody in the quarterback room at risk? And so I, I just think there's so many factors. I'm sure they're all considering all of them. Um, I, 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 at this point, I'm more confident that training camp is going to start either on time or in general than I was before. But I, don't, I just don't see the mini camp happening in time because between now and then, especially, you know, with all these protests where we know a lot of players have been out there protesting too, by the way. They're all within close proximity with a lot of people, and there's I've, I've seen some articles that speculate that this could lead to you know some more people testing positive around the country, and if that's the case, then this could push everything back to the NFL too. So I, I just think there's just so much unknown, and it ultimately comes down to we all just don't know, and I don't think the NFL actually knows either. And they've done a good job of trying to create optimism for the season. They've stuck to we're good, we're planning to start on time, and then if we don't, we'll deal with it. And I get that, and I think they're going to keep going with that until they actually do start. Have yeah, and been, especially it, and especially handling the draft and free agency the way that they did, you know, when there was even skepticism within some media members about, hey, you know, should this actually should we actually be pushing with free agency? Should we actually be pushing with the draft and seeing how, you know, at least on the outside, how seamlessly that has gone. But something that I'm looking at with baseball, where baseball just put you know, the, the players association for baseball, they just put their new uh, their new submission to the owners and partially why they're getting pushback for the players right now because of the owners is because the regular season went in October 31st, and now we're talking about a second strand of corona that could yeah. possibly be coming up. And that's not even something – I'm sure the NFL has had some backdoor conversations about that. Um, but in terms of things that have been made public – don't know, you know, that obviously interferes more with the football season. You know, we're talking about prime football is being played in November and December um, rather than baseball. The baseball season would be just winding down. Uh, I, so a I, lot I, of unknown. I, w I will say, um, it, obviously, there's nothing positive about this whole coronavirus thing, but the NFL, we, compared to the other leagues, at least really did luck out in terms of it's happening where they're not losing any games yet necessarily. So like the revenue from games hasn't been lost yet where baseball hasn't played yet basketball 
hockey, like all that stuff. You know, football has been able to kind of see, let everybody else figure it out in their own way, and then they can learn from all their mistakes. And then they still have all this. To, they have at least a month and a half for whatever until training camp would start. So, I, in a way, the, the, right. the, their ability to sit back and say the things like uh, we're planning on starting a time is because they can do that because the season wasn't going to start for a while anyway. Right. Right. Were any of the Giants players um, in the protest that you know of? I haven't seen anything about Giants players. But it's possible they were because um, I'm still down here in South Jersey. I've seen a, some Eagles guys, but I'm not positive if there were Giants players that have done. Actually, no, I, Carter Coughlin, I saw on his Instagram, was a part of a, a peaceful one in Minnesota yesterday, their seventh-round pick. Uh, breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> yeah, so, so, I, so he, he, was in, he was involved in one. It looked peaceful based on his Instagram stories, but I was, you know, Minnesota's a little crazy right now. Yeah, yeah, I actually spent a couple years in Minnesota for college. Um, now speaking of college, you're, you're a university of Arizona guy, right? That's right. Yeah. So you have a little more stake in this. Now it's been fun to watch this because I think it's one of the, the craziest debates, even though it's not really that tough of one. Now covering the Eagles, you know, Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> Carson Wentz has had some injury issues. I see where you're going. <laughs> What's it been like covering that? Like, you know, I think you're probably on like the Carson Wentz side. And I think, you know, I think myself and Justin land there too, but how like I couldn't imagine trying to cover that. It's got, it would have to be mind numbing with the split on that. And you know, I, I like I said, I came in right after the Super Bowl, which is when people love Nick Foles the most. Obviously, like I started basically at the Super Bowl parade is when I started on the Eagles. Um, and so I was there in 2018 when you know Carson Wentz. He clearly wasn't himself coming off that knee thing, and and so you know. Once Nick Fo- once he hurt his back towards the end of the year, and then Nick Foles did the thing again where he led them to the playoffs, and then he won a game for them in the playoffs. Like that, th- it was just nonstop. It, you know, sports talk radio every single day was talking about it. Um, it got old pretty quick. Uh, it's, somehow, it's still a debate now for some reason. I don't really understand why. I think Carson Wentz is pretty clearly the better quarterback, and I get why they have all this love for Nick Foles. And he's a gamer. I've, I've I, so I covered the University of Arizona before I moved back east uh, out of college. I, I covered them for the newspaper out there, and I covered him when I was a student reporter. So like I, I've I've been covering Nick Foles for as long as possible, and I've always been high on him as a quarterback, but. That that debate is something that's never going to live down. Because I mean, I you get it. Because Eagles have been one of the most tortured fan bases, uh, at least in the NFL. And then this is the guy who led them to the Super Bowl. But as the debate often goes, you know, Carson Wentz is the reason why they were able to go to that point anyway. Yeah, like I, I agree with you, but it has been fun to just watch. Like I'm sure as Giants debate. fans, especially <laughs> seeing Eagles fans eat themselves alive, is probably great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're we're friends with. Um, you know, Kyle Bennett, who does, like, his underground Philly stuff, and I, he talks to me, man. He's like, every time he gets brought up, I lose my mind. Um, and there was a, I think there was a radio guy, like, a couple of weeks ago. I forget his name that brought it up and just had, had it Joe all. Joe Gillio, I think. Yep, yep, that's who it was. Uh, um, Justin, you want to finish it off? Yeah, it's only going to get better with Jalen Hurts in town, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on that, yeah. <laughs> only gonna get better. So I like kind of like this backdoor, like behind the scenes information. Actually, uh, a segment that Bobby and I have on the show, we call it Giants Stories, and we go through all of the Giants Instagram players, um, and we and we just basically, hey, this is what they're up to. This is what the players are up to, just to try to get to know them a little bit. So I can imagine you have had a lot of Skype or Zoom interviews since March, 
and since you've come onto the Giants beat like full time. Now, I know Darnay Holmes had a really nice background with his couple acres of property behind him, but maybe give us like some backdoor stories about some of these interviews that you've been on. Um, if there are any kind of like fun stories, who has had like a nice background? Maybe some family members have made some appearances. What have you seen so far? Trying to honestly, the Giants ones like. In terms of like funny stuff happening, it's been pretty boring. Like the Darnay one, he was in Palm Springs and, he, and it looked super nice. And uh, that was in, I guess that was after the draft. So it was in April. And I think it was a little cold around here. And then um, trying to think, because, you know, Joe Judge talked about his dog, but the dog never made an actual appearance on there. Um, Darn. The, the Giants ones. <laughs> so, the, I mean, I'm not on the Eagles anymore, but there, I, I know Brandon Graham had like stopped the call because his uh, his daughter came running up and said, "Mommy wants to talk to you." He's like, "All right, guys, I gotta go talk to her." So that, that happened on the <laughs> Eagles, and that was that, that was like a funny, like wholesome uh, video in the middle of the pandemic. But uh, unfortunately, the Giants ones have been relatively boring. I mean, I, as you guys know, it's not like Daniel Jones is gonna have a bunch of like crazy stuff going on in his home when he's talking to us. Some Saquon, Saquon Barkley. His connection wasn't even that good, so it was kind of skipping. Like, ironically, so I asked a question to Saquon Barkley, and half of the answer that he gave to my question got skipped over because it like paused or whatever. His reception was bad, so my question was the only one that didn't get like a full transcription afterwards. That's funny. <laughs> so that was frustrating. Of course. Least, <laughs> you mentioned Daniel Jones. Have you accepted that if he is the QB for the next fifteen years, you'll probably never get a good quote out of the starting QB for the next fifteen years? <laughs> Hey man, I I'll say this: Car- Carson Wentz wasn't the best quote either. Um, I'm used to, uh, Daniel. He just seems like a genuine, like good kid. So it's like hard to even like make fun of him about it. You know, I mean, he's still young. I'm sure that will happen at some point. But yeah, he. Uh, I, I I hope he shows more personality as he gets older. Is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I I love the guy. You know, I root for him like crazy, obviously. But yeah, it's like man. It's, Give me a little personality, but then I'm like, you know what? If it was the opposite end, I would probably be frustrated with that, so I can't complain. Well, yeah, that's why it's like the whole uh, thing with him and uh, Eli doing, playing flip cup or whatever. And he, and, and after that happened, I, he like just did not want to talk about that. That was like the one chance, and then it was it was wasted on his rookie season. <laughs> yeah, 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 Eli trying to get it out of him. But Zach, we appreciate you coming on. You know, if anyone wants to go follow Zach, go do it. Go tweet at him. Tell him how great he was on Talking Giants. It's at Zach, Z-A-C-K, Blatt. Zach, man, we definitely got to get you on. Uh, thanks for coming on with, you know, probably two of the nutcases of Giants Twitter and giving <laughs> us a shot, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. This is awesome. All right. See you, Zach. Come on. Pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, thanks again, Zach, for coming on. Make sure to go give him a follow. So this is like the shortest episode of Talking Giants ever. You know, it is what it is. I think it, it's a little appropriate with everything that's going on. Um, but Justin, I ha- actually had a thought today, and I was maybe thinking about doing it as like a mailbag, but here's my question for you. Who would you rather be successful for the Giants, Benjamin Victor or Derek Dillon? Oh, gosh. You're really putting me on the spot here because you. I know feel I like it's like a great ben question because they're both opposite yeah. players and they both add different would add a different like impact to the team. Yeah, um, my my instinct and my brain says Dylan, but my heart says Victor. So you know what? If are you, what do you what are you thinking? Why why did you ask me that question? I I can maybe pick up what you're putting down, but I'm why thinking, why are you asking that question? Well, I was listening to Danny's um, interview with uh, the Alliance guys. And I just, you know, they're talking about undrafted wide receivers. And I just thought, I was like, which one would I would rather be impactful for the Giants? And I think I would go Dylan because we need, actually, 
need another slot guy. But just that speed, you know what I'm saying? That speed yeah, kills. No, you absolutely. see the way the Chiefs have built their team with guys like Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he's going to be Tyreek Hill or anything. But I just would like to see some speed, uh, even though he's not the biggest guy. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going Derek Dillon. So that's it? That's that's the one question that you had in mind? I thought you were going to be like, oh, we should have an episode where we think of like questions like that and we just talk about it. No, no. It was Maybe, just that one question that you had for me. Yeah, I was. It's, no, it was. So, are you going Dylan or are you going Victor? <laughs> I'm going. I, I said my brain wants Dylan because that's the most reasonable take because this team needs a speed guy. But my heart wants Victor because I love him and I think he's kind of awesome. Yeah. So, which one? All right, Dylan. Fine. Can you? Oh gosh. The answer cannot be both. It was an either or question. So. No, it's not both. It's it's uh, there's two different answers based off of what area of my body you're talking about. Yeah. All right. I'm going to actually do a tweet. We haven't done live tweets on the podcast in a while. No, that's you. It was usually a staple. I know. We haven't done it in a while. I'm going to do one. Zoom. Starting with Zoom. What should I? What should I say? I'm going to post the picture that I sent you. Zoom sucks, and I hope they fail as a company. So they have joined DirecTV as companies I hope fail. Is that, is that, yeah, I just is, posted. A, is that a good one? That's that's a good one. I also just posted the one that I sent to you where Zoom had between 100 and 192 complaints between a about like a, uh, a five, six hour period. And that was today. Like there was every single hour, there was a span of 100 to almost 200 complaints for Zoom. It's calmed down as the evening has gone on, but I can imagine less people were on Zoom. And I, and then I, how I captioned it was bad time to record an interview on Zoom. I did it from the Talking Giants account. I said, Zoom sucks, and I hope they fail as a company. So, so uh, hopefully this wasn't your first time listening to, to Talking Giants because we're usually not this disorganized, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm ticked off. I hate Zoom. I hope the worst for them as a company. I really do. Um, Team Skype for the rest of my life. Um, So we appreciate you guys. Uh, We'll be back Friday. I think we're going to do a mailbag episode. A lot going on right now. So I think we'll do a mailbag episode. And then we might have another special treat for you on next Tuesday. We'll see. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.